You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hello and welcome to another edition of the show where we take a wander around the week in Apple, Apple News, Reviews, Technology, Associated Products and all sorts of other things that catch our eye. This is another episode of the Essential Apple Podcast. Hello, welcome back to another edition and... uh, this week is a very, very slow news week, I have to admit. So uh, I don't know how long the show will be, but uh, maybe me and Nick can find something else to witter on about for a while. Um, those of you who uh, follow me in the uh, or in the Slack room will know that I am on the move yet again. Um, surprisingly quickly, I have to admit, but uh, when I sold my house, I moved into some uh, temporary accommodation. Um, and normally when you're there it will take about six months to a year to uh, secure another um, social housing property but uh, as luck would have it I've been offered another one uh, and they want me to pick up the keys next week so uh, next week it's going to be a bit of a mad scramble of shifting all the stuff from one place to another but uh, it won't be as bad as last time obviously because a lot of our stuff is still packed and um, also this time I... You've got a good man with a van, haven't you? I have got a good man with a van, and he's done me a deal on a double trip uh, with his big Luton truck. Um, oh, excellent. Which is going to make life a lot, hell of a lot easier, and uh, means that me and my friend Dan will not have to hump, you know, great big chests of drawers and sofas and all that stuff. So that'll save my ankles, I hope, after uh, the fact that I'm still suffering from the summer of house clearing so there you go so yeah you do have to be careful i'd say i hurt my back a couple of weeks ago well is it three weeks ago now it's still not 100 percent, but it's about 95 now i'm almost back to normal but you you never know do you last week the my decorator was going to come in to finish my kitchen and um i got a message from him um he came on last sunday um and just checked to check what they did doing. And as he was going out to his car, I said, gosh, you're limping quite badly, aren't you? He said, yeah, I don't know what's wrong. He said, uh, yeah, hopefully in a couple of days, you know, I'll be all right. So I'll see you Tuesday. Anyway, on Monday, he contacted me and he'd got, um, what, what did the doctor call it? pre patella bursitis, Ouch. which is uh, also known as housemaid's knee or carpenter's knee. Yeah. Uh, which is basically a swelling on the front of the front of the knee. Yeah. Um, so he's so so he couldn't come, <laughs> and I'm not expecting to see him for a couple of weeks. But that that's fine. I'm happy to wait and uh, until he until he's better. But it just shows, you know, yep. you never know whatever no. age you happen to be. Oh no, we do. You know, we do sometimes take our bodies rather for granted, and um, you know, when you overdo it, it's. Not difficult to do yourself some damage, I can tell you that. And the <laughs> the right. older we get, the uh, more we tend to... The easier it is. easier yeah. it is to do yourself a nasty, isn't it just? Well, um, what other news? Oh, um, those again, those who are in the Slack may recall that um, I purchased a cheap SSD. It was um, a four or five terabyte, I can't remember now, SSD. 
um, for £53, and I thought I'd got myself an absolute bargain. However, it's turned out to be a dead loss. Um, oh, I, I, I can't. annoying. <laughs> yeah, the, the Mac wouldn't mount it in the format it was in, so I thought, well, that's all right. I'll just, uh, you know, format it and partition it how I want, and uh, the job will be a good one. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, disk utility cannot format it. Every attempt I have at uh, formatting it ends with unable to write to last block of device. Um, oh, or that's formatting a shame. failed. Um, and I looked at it. It was obviously a. Uh, it was obviously a. A reject that someone had got hold of. Oh, I don't know. Just cheap. Anyway, I um, I searched that error, and it does come up quite a lot in support forums. And the, the main, the best suggestion that people had was do um, a secure erase of the whole device, and uh, that should, you know, fix yeah. it. However, when I tried to do that, I had to leave it overnight because it was going so slowly doing it, and... Um, then in the morning it said failed, so it's going back to Amazon, so I can have my fifty-three quid back. There we go. Jolly good. Well, at least it's not too painful to send things back to Amazon, is it? That's one good thing. No, it's not painful at all. I just have to take it to the post office and show them the QR code, and they will deal with it for and me. Away they go. Yeah. And uh, once they've got it back, I'll get my money. So that's a good thing. That is one of the benefits of using Amazon. Yes. There we go. So, oh, what what else was what else happened? Oh, I yes, I have been I've started watching a TV series called Pennyworth, which is about uh Alfred Pennyworth, who is um Batman's butler, um if you're into that, and uh it's set just after he's left the SAS in the 60s in a Slightly alternative London, which is a bit darker and grittier than real life. And uh, I'm enjoying it a lot. It's very, very good. It's got um, plenty... At what, go- at what point did Alfred become an action hero? <laughs> <laughs> has, has he always been an action hero in the original Batman? Or was he... <laughs> Or I don't is it know. Just someone thought that might be a good idea. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not deep enough in Batman lore to know. I mean, I know who he is, and that yes, um, you know, he's Bruce Wayne's butler. Um, well, my my memories only go back to the Batman, the uh, the Batman TV series. You know, um, yeah. I didn't read. I wasn't really into the uh, magazines and things. So. No, no. So perhaps perhaps if I had been, I'd know more about him. Yes, but there you go. But it's a, um, I think it's on Lionsgate in the UK, and I believe it's probably on HBO Max in the States. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, it was um, made by a British production company for a, uh, a US TV service called Epics. Um, there you go. But, oh. but it's very good. It's got lots of famous British people in it, um, interesting stories, some dark government conspiracy goings on and all sorts of things. So I'm enjoying that. And apparently there are three seasons um, before it was killed. Oh. So um, Interesting. It is interesting. Um, yeah, so. I've been watching. I've just started to watch. Someone recommended um, on Slack uh, the National Treasure program. Oh yes, I can't remember what 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 channel it's on or anything, but uh, I've just started to watch that. That does. I've watched the first episode, and I must admit that does look quite good, along the along the lines of the uh, 
but with different characters uh, of the uh, National Treasure films. Oh. Um, so, yeah, interesting. I'm, well, I'm looking forward to watching the rest of that. I'll have to take a look at that one. I'll dig it out. I'm sure somebody... Uh... Sure, I can find someone it did mention it on Slack. Yes, they yeah, did. Someone yes. mentioned it on Slack it a little while been, ago. Yeah. Might have been Jim, I think. Could have been. Could in have been. the Entertainment Gongs and Brickbats channel. Um, yes. Where are we? Are you just having a look? I am just having a quick look. Um, I'm also having a look. This will make excellent listening. <laughs> <laughs> Won't it just? Never mind. Um, yeah, well, oh, there it is. It's Donny. Donny just finished National Treasure series on Disney Plus. Oh, right. Good finale and good series. So there we go. So Excellent. thank you, Donny. I've started to watch it too. Yep. Um, I shall start. I shall have a look at that after I finish choring through all of, you know, Pennyworth. So there we are. Um, so as I say, not much in the news this week, uh, Nick. To be honest, no, not a huge amount. Um, I've I've been playing with um uh, I've probably mentioned several times Proclaim, which we use to do the subtitles on our you know the lower thirds yes for the hymn words on our our streaming service at uh, church. Um, but I also found out that you can do like digital signage. We've got a TV in the foyer, which we used to use for digital signage, and I used to use something called Play Signage. But I have a feeling they might have gone over to a pay-only um, version now. I might be wrong. Don't take my word for it. This is just me uh, thinking I might have seen it somewhere. Um, but I know that uh, Proclaim says that they also have a feature within um, within Proclaim. So I looked it out, and sure enough, there it was. I had a little bit of trouble getting it set up because my... I went down to church and tried to get it set up, and I got the app. So there's an app on the Fire TV stick that's plugged into the TV. Um, and I tried to get that up and running, and every time it launched, it just sort of uh, quit the app. So I contacted Proclaim uh, because we subscribed to Proclaim. So, you know, I've got help, uh, like a help desk there for that. And I contacted them, and they were very quick to say, it sounds like you're fire tv stick needs updating so i tried to update it and of course the way we've got it set up is it's plugged into the hdmi input on the tv uh, and then another cable comes out of it and goes into a usb port to for power yeah on the tv unfortunately it said after i'd tried for about an hour it said uh you really need to plug this into the mains if you're going to update it <laughs> Ah. <laughs> I said, "Oh, okay." So I managed to get a plug and a uh, an extension lead and a USB connection, um, and took that down Saturday morning and got that all done. Uh, and then it worked, which was good. The only trouble I'm having is updating it doesn't seem to doesn't seem to work very well. I tried updating it, and it just what it was showing on the screen was not what I'd got in Proclaim. It was sort of like remembering what I'd put on before. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, and not updating. So I'm still investigating that to see if I can get it working. I may end up having to go back to Proclaim um, help, help Desk again if I can't get it to work. Um, I've tried several things. There's uh, there's like a sort of, str- um, not stream, um, what's the word I'm after? Synchronize button. So I've pressed the synchronize button several times. 
there's a send to digital display button and I've clicked that several times but it still doesn't appear to be updating so I'm not quite sure what's going on there I'm going to have to do a bit more digging but hopefully we'll get it working because it means we don't have to muck around with yet another piece of software Mm. and another service and a lot of these services want to charge you which you know we want to find a way of doing it that doesn't cost any more than we're already paying any more than you're already shelling out that's Um. right but uh, yeah, the way it worked is, so once I've got it working, is you, you start the app, it gives you a code, you then go in, you go to faithlife.com, which are the company that produce Proclaim, and log into your account, and then you type in your the code it's given you, and that links the TV to your account. Yeah. So uh, it squares the circle, as it were, and mm. uh, and then it should work. But uh, as I say, I'm just a few problems with synchronization at the moment. Well, so I'll report back if I get it working fully. Yes, that'd be interesting. That would be interesting. Um, the other thing that's happened, obviously, as I've been offered this new property, is that um, being a new build, because it is a brand new bungalow. Um, oh, excellent. Um, is that uh, they now come fitted, you know, with fibre already installed oh, so um i contacted Plusnet and said um and they say oh if you're going to move you know you need to give us a month's notice well because this is temporary accommodation and the council don't expect those people to have a lot of stuff you know they say oh well you can have the keys next monday you know <laughs> want, you, <laughs> yes. want, want you out by the end of the week it's like oh bloody hell um yeah, like I say, luckily my man with a van is available next Friday, so that will be helpful. And um, but uh, uh, hope, hopefully the month changeover is a, a maximum. <laughs> They'll get it done quicker. Oh yeah, when I spoke to the bloke, he was like, "Oh, that should be up and running in about three days because it's, it's, oh, it's all fitted. It's all fitted already. It's all you know, all wired up. All I basically got to do is tell somebody to flick the switch at the exchange and turn it on." And I shall get yeah. um, full fat fibre, which I believe is going to be somewhere in the region of 75 megabits a second. Very nice. Yeah, mm. it's, uh, there's been an interesting discussion on Slack, hasn't there, about broadband speeds? Yeah, there has. Um, I, was telli- I was telling you just before we started that at one point I, when I, because the prices were going up as they always do, I reduced mine right the way back to... Um, Virgin Media's slowest, which is still 50 megabits per second. Um, and at that speed, I was having no problems streaming video. And you don't need hundreds of megabits to stream video. No, you don't. At 50, it was fine. As it happens, Virgin have then written to me twice to say, oh, we're going to make it faster again. So I've now got 200 again. But the fact is, for streaming, 50 is fine. Oh yeah. In fact, in fact, the um, when I'm streaming, so my upload speeds down at church when we're streaming, we're streaming 1080p video, uh, and that only uses about five megabits per second, a little bit less than five megabits per second. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, so I think if you've got if you've got over five and there's only one of you in the house, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. If you've I'm... got if you're streaming video everywhere and there's about 16 of you, I think then perhaps you're going to need a, a lot of speed. <laughs> yeah, basically, because, you know, the more speed you've got, the more devices can be sucking on the pipe at the same time. That's the real 
Yes, that's right. It's to, as like you said, full fat. It's to do with it's to do with how much you can stuff down the pipe at any one time, isn't it? Mm. I mean, the bloke said to me, "Well, um, the equivalent of what you've got at the moment, where we've got fibre to the cabinet, um, is like it's four pound a month more, so it's twenty eight pound a month." Right. Uh, um, no phone line, just the broadband. Don't need a home phone, um, and they don't sort of. They used to force you to have a telephone, whether you liked it or not, um, in order to jack price up. But anyway... Um... Yes, Virgin Media used to do that as well. Although, I mean, the last few times I've been with Virgin Media, uh, renegotiated with Virgin Media, they've um, they've managed to reduce my cost and maintain the phone line. Because oh, well. <laughs> I keep saying, well, I don't really need the phone line, but if, you know, <laughs> I'll do without. Yeah, but, well... Um, yeah, if they're going to offer it for me for virtually nothing, then fine, I'll keep it. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, we don't have a phone line anymore. And um, so we'll be getting about 75, and then he says, oh, you can pay more, and you, you can jack it all the way up to, like, gigabit if you want. It's like, I don't think we're going to need that. I've never had anything no. faster than 50 anyway, and um, it's always been fine, even when we're kids were all at home and playing the Xbox and the... <clears throat> playstation and streaming you know youtube and everything else all at once um so yeah as, uh, yeah we're still very much living in the era of bigger is better isn't it and it mm. for a lot of these things it isn't really i mean as i say i've got 200 now and i probably don't use anywhere near the bandwidth that i've got no probably not there you go so um going on from that um so here we have got some. Here we get to the news stories, Nick. Um, according to Mr. German, a new iMac is not expected to launch until late 2023 at the earliest. Um, obviously, that's Mr. German and his uh, expectations. I'm not sure is how that much. When is that when they'd normally do it? It is, isn't it? Pretty that's much. When they'd normally announce it. So it's not exactly a... Um... A, a, a brave um, prediction, is it? It's, it's Not just, really. yeah, that's when they normally do it, so they'll probably do it again. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. So there you go. Um, <clears throat> according to 9to5Mac, Siri remote con- connectivity issues continue to plague the Apple 4K TV, um, despite updates to the OS. Um, this one interested me really because, as I said uh you know one or two shows ago i bought a 4k tv so i bought an apple tv 4k to go with it and um i've not had any issues with it whatsoever um Mm. i did find in the settings however that you can turn off the the swipe surface on the remote which i promptly did oh right yes you can turn off the swipe surface which is in the center of the you know click wheel so I found that much See, it's better. Not affected, it's not affected not affected me because if you remember, I bought this uh, it, um, 4K Apple TV off eBay and it came without a remote. That was the mm. reason I got it for the price that I got it for. <laughs> so I'm, I'm still using one of the black remotes, you know, from the earlier versions. Yeah. It's fine by me. Yep. So. Um... Oh, that's interesting that some people are having problems. Yeah. I've had no issues with mine whatsoever, so uh, hard to know what to say about that, really. Um, according to this article, um, large number of Apple TV users have been, have been battling connectivity issues with the Siri remote, 
Um, countless threads on Reddit, Reddit and Apple support website complaining of connectivity issues. Um, they seem exclusive to the Siri remote with USB-C, which Apple sells as a standalone accessories for users of the previous generation Apple TV model. Um, users say that the Siri remote regularly disconnects from the Apple TV without any sort of pattern or explanation. Um, maybe they maybe they put AI in it and it's just you know just decides it's not playing. Mm. <laughs> I'm not going to play anymore. I don't want to work. I don't want it. <clears throat> but no, weird, I've, isn't it? it is weird. I've had no issues. Um, apparently, uh, the, most of these are from nine to five Mac because to be honest, most of the other sites have been struggling for stories and, uh, a lot of them were not even really worthy. They're sort of opinion pieces about nothing very much. To be honest. Yeah. Um, Apple, Apple might relieve some, release something sometime this year kind of thing. Yeah. A lot of that sort <laughs> of scratching. Um, an AirTag revealed an airline donated the couple's lost luggage to charity without any explanation. Um, <laughs> Whoops. Uh, because they had an AirTag on it, they tracked it down. Um, well, they were travelling back naughty. from their honeymoon when one of their checked bags affixed with an AirTag was left behind in Quebec. Um, at first, the couple didn't think much of it and simply filed a lost luggage uh, report with Air Canada. The AirTag... Shortly thereafter, however, the AirTag revealed the bag had been moved to a public storage facility outside Toronto. Um, and so the tale goes on. So, um. <laughs> well, it's a good job they've got an AirTag on it. That's quite, that's quite a good use for the AirTag, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, eventually, a police investigation revealed Air Canada had donated the bag to charity and the charity used the storage facility in questions. That um. seems very... Um... I mean, I presume this has happened all over a fairly short short period of time. Mm. That, that seems a strange thing to do, isn't it? Well, we've oh, we've got we've got some lost property. Okay, we'll just give it away. <laughs> mm. Mm. Actually, there are no there are no there is no timeline on this. Is the on this mm. article? No, there isn't. But apparently, but it says the luggage was located within twenty four hours. Mm. Oh, right, that's when they, okay, when they were recovering it, right. Reese said in a video that everything in the bag was intact, including a bottle of wine, but told the insider that airline partially blamed the couple because they left no identifying information inside the bag. Ah, okay. Um, So, yeah, partly their fault then. In this particular case, the situation was compounded by the disconnection of the baggage tag at some point on the journey, and despite our best efforts, it was not possible for us to identify the bag's owner. Well, well whatever. You never know, do you, With uh, when you're going on an airline. I, I, I bought a few years ago when, when I went to uh, Florida to my brother's place. Um, I bought myself a new, like a hard shell case. Mm. Um, and uh, when it came out of the... Uh, on the uh, what do they call those things? Where the carousel on, when, and the airport carousel. That's the word. When it came out on the carousel, I saw it coming towards me. I thought there's a great big dent in the corner of it. <laughs> so um, yeah, someone had obviously picked that up and then thrown it across the. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and I thought, oh, great, brand new, brand new case, and they've already managed to damage it. I mean, it hadn't cracked the shell or. Uh, uh, it just put a big dent in it. <laughs> oh dear! Um... But there you go. Uh, yeah, good, good use for the uh, good job they've got 
a tag on it, and they could uh, they could track it like that. But yeah, yeah a bit naughty of the. Uh, even if they couldn't identify, I wonder, it's, I'm surprised no one noticed it got an air tag in it, or perhaps uh, perhaps the people who are doing the luggage stuff don't even know what air tags are. Oh, That's possible, no. isn't it? Um, and then also from nine to five, Apple may have overestimated its ability to create a Mac Pro with an Apple Silicon chip. Um, and in reality, this is basically like you know, where is this Apple Silicon Mac Pro, and uh, what's going to happen next? Um, I, I think the problem they're running into is, if there is a problem, I'm not sure there is, but if there is a problem, it's it's the fact that the M1 and M2 chips are so powerful anyway. Exactly. I mean, the number of people I've seen buying M1 and M2 Mac Minis and thinking, you know, well, these are good enough. Um, may, maybe, maybe, and and that they're sometimes faster in certain circumstances than their previous Mac Pros. Yep. Uh, yep. Perhaps, perhaps there's just not a need for an M2 Mac Pro. Uh, who knows? Who knows? So we shall have to see. That's a you know, as I say, yeah, it's an interesting read. That one. Um, talking about the phase transition and the M series chips. Um, of course, they bring up the studio. You know, um, the Mac Studio. Um, you know, how would you differentiate a Pro from a Studio? Well. Only only Apple will tell you that when they're done, won't they? <laughs> yes. It might all be surprised. Who can well, tell? Well, I'll t- I tell you how you can differentiate them. The Mac Pro will be a lot more expensive than the studio. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Let's guarantee that one, shall we? We'll guarantee that. Yeah. Oh, dear. Um, and the last story, again, from 9 to 5 Mac. Uh, here's how many devices the average Apple customer owns and which ones are the most popular. Um, uh, with some look at that. Charts. If I can um, get in. Can I get in? Uh, I don't know. Apple News. Oh, yes, it's let me in. Uh, looking at ownership patterns for Apple customers with Apple having just crossed the milestone of 2 billion active devices for the first time. Good grief. That's um, amazing, isn't it? Two billion devices. Yep. Um, okay, so here we go. Yeah, 88%. So 30%. Uh, on, I was going to say, it says here, uh, 88% of people, Apple customers, own an iPhone. 73% of them own an iPad. 50% own a Mac computer. And 58% own an Apple Watch. That surprises me that the Mac computer is that high, actually. Mm. 50%. Mm. And then, um, how many do they own? Um, Looks like the highest number is four. That's 30% of people own four devices. Which is basically the whole set. An iPhone, an iPad, Mac, and an Apple Watch. Um, That's right. That's quite a high figure as well. Yeah, and the smallest number is 19%. Who only own one device, and out of those, fifty-nine percent own an iPhone, seventeen percent own a Mac, and twenty-four percent own an iPad. So I wonder. Uh, I want. Oh, I see. Out of that, what? Out of that, 19%. the people who only out, yeah, out of the nineteen percent. Right. Yes, the people who only own one de- one device. Um, fifty-nine percent oh, of them own an iPhone. Well, I would have expected the iPhone to be even higher than that, actually. But yes. I would have expected the iPad and the Mac to be smaller. But Yep, there we are. There you go. Proving that the iPad is nearly as popular, um, certainly as a second device, as having an iPhone in the first place. Yes, 
Yes, because the uh, I mean the split's almost thirty percent, isn't it, between yeah. all of them? Uh, yeah. Sorry, between people who have got four, three, and two devices. Yep, it's thirty, twenty-seven percent, and twenty-four percent respectively. Mm. Yeah. So anyhow, that was an interesting, interesting little uh, bit of information, and um, can't beat a few stats. Can't beat a few stats, <laughs> can you? Um, and before we go on to the last couple of things, I think we're going to take a short break, Nick, because uh, John Nemo is back with his hardware store. Yay! Yay! <laughs> and uh, today he's going to tell us about the iRig Stream Mic Pro uh, compact multi-platform microphone and stereo four-channel audio interface, which is a bit of a long title, but that's what it's about. So over wow. to you, John. Take it away. Nemo's Hardware Store is back, and this is the first of several parts introducing everybody to a new microphone from a company called IK Multimedia. Their website is ikmultimedia.com. We will have the links in our show notes for this episode on Essential Apple Podcast. There's so many things to talk about on the iRig Stream Mic Pro that I will spread it out over several episodes of Nemo's Hardware Store. This microphone is in great demand. It costs $170 in the U.S., and it is available worldwide. It has a sort of a modern retro look. It's a grayish black with a dial on the front stand that keeps it in place. It has an exceptionally thorough and clear and impressive user manual that arrives as a PDF that you get from using a QR code on a little card that they provide. There's no paper manual, but you get a very impressive PDF manual that you can read and learn how to use the iRig Stream Mic Pro. It's a professional level microphone. It has different polar patterns called cardioid, omnidirectional, figure eight, and stereo. I'm using cardioid, meaning I'm speaking right into the front. Tomorrow, with my musical group, I'll be testing it with omnidirectional. It has a high-pass filter. It's a condenser mic, either USB-C or lightning. So it's very versatile for all of today's modern equipment, portable, and computer. The moment I'm using the USB-C interface with my monster size iPad Pro recording in voice memo. I'm monitoring my voice using regular over-ear headphones plugged in to the 3.5 millimeter headphone port. There's also a loopback feature for adding background music, and they provide a couple of apps from their well-known IK Multimedia app library. But for now, we're just using voice memo just to get a clear, clean, unaltered sound. So we know the price, we know the company, we know the quality of the manual that really walks you through all these features, way more features than I've ever seen in any one microphone or audio input device of this simplicity and stature. It's about eight inches high, doesn't weigh much, very lightweight, yet it's a professional quality microphone. It's designed to be used primarily in frontal mode for podcasters, broadcasters, not as much as a music mic, so I will be testing it with music input, live performance music input. The build quality is very rugged, and on the left side, where the included stand connects the stand to the microphone, you can also take the stand off, and they give you a special adapter that many musicians have seen that allows you to plug the microphone in directly into a mic stand or a boom stand. So literally, it can be used in any configuration of any of the different... Oh, this is weird. I'm in figure eight pattern now. Oh, now I'm in cardioid. Okay, so I was in figure eight to begin with. 
So it was getting the sound from the front and the back. Now I'm in cardioid. You see, I need to read the manual and also actually look at the microphone. So you can hear how it sounds before you heard it in figure eight, front and back. Now you're hearing it front only in cardioid. Very good description of it on the website at ikmultimedia.com. And there are starting to be some good reviews and coverage both in YouTube and on the web. It's a brand new product. So just give it a little bit of time before you get more detailed audio, video, and written reviews. But so far, I'm very pleased with my first stage of testing. Very good display with blue dots of the mic gain level as I'm speaking into it, letting me know when I'm going into overload. Let's crank up the mighty Taylor, and let's hear how it sounds doing some very rough singing. They're going to put me in the movies. They're going to make a big star out of me. Biggest fool that ever hit the big time And all I gotta do is act naturally So that's it for the first look The IK Multimedia iRig Stream Mic Pro We'll have a lot more to report on its features and functions in part two Thank you for that, John, and the links are in the show notes as ever. So, moving on to the last couple of bits that we've got for this week, Nick. Um, This study shows how long you can expect your hard drive to last. This is, of course, the um, annual um, report from Backblaze about how their hard drives are stacking up, um, with a three-year comparison of hard drive failure rates. and uh, all the stats are there, basically. Um, of all the, the figures are actually very. Lo- all the figures are actually very low. Aren't they? <laughs> yes. Um, uh, yeah. The, the actual failure rates are mostly. I mean, there are one or two that are one or two percent, but an awful lot of them are less than that. Uh, I think the worst one was the fourteen terabyte Seagate um, had a failure rate of 4.79 in 2021 and climbed to 5.7 in 2022, and the average age of these drives was 24.8 months. Oh, that's not quite so good. So, I mean, it's still wait, a fairly small figure, but it's not so good. Not so good when the others yeah. are, you're looking at... Um, it's the 6 terabyte ones, mm. the, those are the oldest ones, and they've got an average of 92.5 months of use. So I thought that's... Uh, uh, seven, twelve, uh, eight, uh, twelves, and ninety-six on. So it's almost eight years. They're almost eight years old, and they still have a failure rate of just failure rate point one one. That's amazing. Which worsened to si- point oh, wor- six eight in twenty twenty two. But these are excellent stats. They certainly are. Gosh. So it looks like if you want a Seagate, buy a six terabyte, or buy two six terabytes. Don't buy a fourteen terabyte. Yeah, which is interesting, isn't it? Maybe maybe crushing in all those bits actually has an effect over time. Mm. Yeah, I always like their their statistics when they come out with them because I mean the the numbers of hard drives they are using are very large. Yes, so you can rely you can rely on it to be fairly accurate data. They are, in fact, it involved the study involved two hundred thirty thousand nine hundred twenty one drives and included going data which went back three years to 2020 so 
statistically that's a significant uh, you know sample puts my mind at rest i've got i've had backblaze for years and i still back up to backblaze let me how much have i got on it at the moment have a look uh it doesn't want to bring doesn't want to bring up the uh, let me see if i can find it in settings where are you backblaze backblaze there it is uh i'm backed up as of today at 1605 and I've got 1.6 terabytes, 1.5 terabytes. Mm. Oh, no, hold on a minute. That says 1.5 terabytes of 2 terabytes, yes. I've got 1.5 terabytes backed up. There you go. With an all, probably a, a, a fair amount of uh, duplication in there because I'm backing up drives that have got backups on. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. But it's nice to have it there and know it's there just in case everything goes horribly wrong. Definitely. Definitely, 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 Nick. You know what they say? There are only two sorts of computer users, those who've lost data and those who will lose data. (laughs) Yes. So that was that. And then um, malware bytes in security and privacy. Uh, A study says 40% of online shops trick users with dark patterns. Um, Dark patterns? Dark patterns, which are things which are, you know, designed to sway your behaviour. Dark patterns are not subliminal messaging, visual or auditory stimuli that the conscious mind cannot perceive, although advertisers have been accused of using that as well. Um, The investigation focused on three manipulative practices that can push consumers into making choices that might not be in their best interest. Fake countdown timers which increase the sense of false urgency. Interfaces designed to lead consumers to certain purchases, subscriptions or choices. And hidden information. Um, I would have thought that the second one particularly is just marketing. Isn't isn't that what marketing's all about? <laughs> Leading the people to what you want them to buy. Um, yes and no. In dark patterns, they mean where um, you are kind of deliberately steered towards you know things with the biggest profit margin or whatever. Um, there uh, we go. Yeah, I would if have it... thought that was just general marketing. I mean that. The... Yeah, it's a little bit like supermarkets putting things under your nose where you're mm. most likely to see them. Uh, the um, Commissioner but, for but Justice. The, uh, yeah. the fake countdown time, as I can sort of see that one, you know, creating a false sense of urgency. You know, time before this deal is gone sort of things. Um, yes. Uh, the offending vendors shall be contacted by the national authorities in order to rectify their websites. If necessary, further action will be taken. The oh, Commissioner yeah. for Justice has con- called on all national authorities to make use of the enforcement capabilities to take relevant action and fight these practices. So there you go. That's a report from Malware Bytes. It's just uh, unsurprising, I suppose, if disappointing to find that online retailers do, you know, naughty things to try and get you to buy stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And there we are. Uh, that really is it for the week, Nick. So um, I guess we'll call it a day and uh, hopefully yeah. there'll be some more news what? next week. <laughs> I'm sure there will be news. It's whether it's worth reporting on. <laughs> well, there is that. Yes. Point. I mean, I'm sure some of the, you know. Yes, as I trawled through the uh, sites this week, there were a lot of stories which, as I say, were just scratching around trying to fill the column inches. So there you go. Right. So we'll wrap it up. And uh, as usual, you can find Nick and me in the Slack room along with the. Uh, you no, know, Nemo and Donnie and Mac Jim and 
all the rest of us where uh, conversations go on all the time. Um, and you can find me on the uh, Twitter as at Serenak, and that's S-E-R-E-N-A-K. And uh, you can find all our stuff over at EssentialApple.com. And uh, thank you to everybody who supports the show. Thank you for listening. Um, you can send us money and beer and things via Patreon if you like. Um, you don't have to, but we'll be grateful if you do. And uh, I guess with that, we'll say goodbye until next time. We will. Thank you. And goodbye. You've been listening to the Essential Apple Podcast. And I'd like to say if you enjoy the show and would like to support us, feel free to go over to the website essentialapple.com and you will find links to both Patreon and the Pinecast Tips Jar where you can make a donation towards the costs of the show. Uh, Or even if you're really keen, you could set up a recurring payment. And thank you very, very much to all the people who already do support us. We really do appreciate you very much indeed. This show is, of course, part of the My Mac Podcasting Network, where you can find a variety of other shows like the My Mac Podcast with Guy and Gaz, the G-Men, Tech Fan with Tim and David, the Nintendo Club Podcast, the Geekiest Show Ever, the Three Geeky Ladies, uh, Bart Shots and his wonderful Let's Talk Apple, and possibly some more that I forgot. So why not go over to mymac.com, take a look at the available podcast, and take a listen. Looking for a show that talks about Apple and Apple products? Then Geekiest Show Ever is for you. What about Amazon? Google. Geekiest Show Ever is for you. Mesh networks, distance learning, all kinds of technology, interviews. Yes, Geekiest Show Ever covers that too. I'm Elisa Paselli. And I'm Melissa Davis. Listen to the Geekiest Show Ever on the MyMac Podcasting Network in your favorite podcast player. Feedback, show ideas, and reviews, always welcome. fine that's only about 40 minutes so that's uh that'll be fine a nice short one for a change well no point wittering on when there's nothing specific to talk about is there no yeah i reckon no, got... not not if we're ca- not if we're calling ourselves a news program which we sort of are really <laughs> sort of are yeah so yeah right new, news plus other witterings
Yes, <laughs> exactly. News and witterings. Very good. Right. Well then, I'm going to go, Nick, because I'm going to put my yep. beef in the oven. I'm going to roast the beef joint tonight. Oh, very nice. What did I have for lunch? I had, um, oh, uh, cottage pie. I had cottage pie for Cottage pie. I do like cottage yes. pie. I do uh, so like... do I. I must admit, I saw it in the shop, and it was just one of these that you just bung in and heat it through for a little while, and it's uh, ready. So I just Excellent. brought some, a little bit of green veg to go with it, and that was very nice. Yes, very good. Very good. Right, mate. I'll uh, right, yeah. have a good week. See you later. Yeah, oh, I'm going to be mental. It's going to be mental, but um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. I mean, if you find that you're uh, un- buried under boxes next weekend, then don't worry if you have to call it off. No, okay. I'll let you know. All yeah. right, mate. Right, yeah. Uh, see you soon. All the best. See you. Bye. 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 Bye.